Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Welcome back to all of our listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you back with us. If you happen to be a new listener and you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button and you'll be treated every Friday to a new episode of Incredible Stories. And if you like to read your incredible stories instead of just simply listening to them, you are now able to purchase a copy of Richard and Gary's Incredible Stories in book form, some of the best of our podcasts over the last year or so. And uh, it's available everywhere around the world through Amazon, plus book, uh, Barnes and Noble and Books a Million and etc. So, and And it's even in, um, you know, e-form so yeah so you uh, can do it on your kindle yes so wherever you are we'll be there with you sharing our incredible stories yes yes yes. so what do we have on the uh the table today for uh an incredible or interesting story well i'd like to start off with a quotation from arthur rubenstein and uh he said that love life and life will love you back love people and they will love you back Good words to live by. Yes, and uh, the person we're going to highlight tonight is somebody who embraced that philosophy. He absolutely loved people. And people, Gary, including us, mm-hmm. loved him back. Oh, yes. So the person we're talking about is, is uh, what I call the man with the handlebar mustache, the daddy of the Astra Zombies, Ted V. Michaels. Um we had the privilege of not only knowing Ted, but working with Ted on several of his movies, visiting him at his home and studio in Las Vegas. Work, you worked side by side with him in his editing suite, editing some of his uh, movies with him. And uh, we found Ted to be friendly and compassionate, caring, and he sure did love making movies, didn't he, Gary? Oh, that he did. Uh, he... He was a filmmaker up until the last seconds uh, of him breathing air into his uh, lungs. Yes, he left us with an unfinished uh, production, but uh, you're right. Uh, he uh, he worked on an, uh, on movies till the very end of his life, and uh, it was a labor of love for him for more than 60 years. And scores and scores of wannabe filmmakers uh, have come uh, Ted's way, and he took all of them under his wing, didn't he, Gary? And he showed them yeah, how to practice did. their craft. He, he was everyone's friend. He had mm-hmm. a sense of humor that wouldn't wait. And uh, it was just a f- wonderful world of Ted V. Michaels. Yeah. How and, did we come across Ted in the first place? Oh, I, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so we had ordered some movies from oldies. And I, I love B-movies. Uh, I love cheesy B-movies. And we saw one that just kind of tickled our ribs, and that was uh, the Corpse Grinders. I think it was Corpse Grinders Two, wasn't it? It was. Well, I, we got both of them. We got Corpse yeah, Grinders yeah. and Corpse Grinders because it was a it was a set, yeah. and it was about a machine that uh, ground people up into cat food. 
So I'm sure that sounds appetizing to anybody who's listening. So anyways. Uh, Trust me, though. Ted is very campy. <laughs> is very campy. More camp and humor, yeah. less, less horror. Yeah. And so we watched it, and I, I thought it was just, it was it was entertaining to me. It was, it was funny. Um, it was, it was cheesy in a good way. And so, uh, for whatever reason, we decided to look up Ted Michaels and we saw that he lived in Las Vegas, not too far away from where we lived when we used to live out there in the early nineties and that he had a website and he had an email address on his website. And so we thought, Hey, why don't we email him and tell him how much we enjoyed his movie? Yeah. And so we did. And then Ted wrote back and said, oh, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. And by the way, this is what I'm doing right now. And would you uh, be interested in uh, purchasing this or uh, sharing this with your friends? Or you know what? I could send you some of these things. <laughs> and a friendship uh, struck up there. And uh, I believe you had mentioned, oh, that, that was the other thing. You, you had mentioned that your son was a filmmaker. And was, you know, in documentary film and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And that prompted him to say, oh, by the way, I'm working on another Astro Zombie movie. Would you guys be interested in filming some stuff there in Florida? Yeah. To which we said, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, what uh, specifically, I think, Gary, uh, motivated us to contact him is in one of those uh, extras at the end. Mm hmm. Uh, what do you call those? The extras? The bonus the, features. The bonus features. Um, he indicated that he needed a warehouse uh, as a location for one of his films, but he didn't have, he, he shot on a no budget, as we well know. Oh, yeah. I mean, he uh, shot it was for, zero for pennies, not even nickels and dimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was the ultimate Ed Wood of the uh, campy movie mm. making industry. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, at, at least in his later years, he was pretty big in Hollywood for a while. Because oh, I would yeah, his oh, early stuff. We can always yeah. get into that. He definitely had yeah, some interesting but, uh, stuff. But what he did was uh, he needed a warehouse as a location for one of the films he was working on. And he told the owner, look, you know, I, I really don't have any budget to rent or, or, or pay for it. Uh, and I don't really have any expectation that the, money's gonna, the movie's going to make any money. And the owner had no problem with that. He said, go ahead, uh, film, uh, film at the warehouse. So... Ted filmed his scenes at that location, son of a gun. The film became a commercial success. Mm -hmm. And so what did Ted do? He got back to the surprised owner and paid him for the use of the warehouse. And I told you, I remember exactly what I told you mm -hmm. when I heard that. I mm -hmm. said, Gary, now there is an honest man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was Ted's sense of honesty that really motivated us to go ahead and get a hold uh, of it. Yeah. Now, aside from that, let's go back to Ted's early years and, and, and talk about why he was so incredible. Because, I mean, we, we can talk about his uh, all, all the stuff that he worked on later, but what makes Ted interesting is his history. Yes, and, yes. And, and he has a very interesting history. As a child, he enjoyed photography. I think you can identify with that. Yeah. Uh, you love photography, and that was your major in college. Well, <clears throat> that's where Ted really started off in childhood. And uh, you never did this, I don't think, but uh, he developed his own pictures in the family bathtub. I didn't develop them in the bathtub, but I did do that in the dark room. <laughs> there you go, with all the chemicals and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then uh, Ted moved into magic uh, and, and 
Gary, I think uh, you kind of followed along Ted's uh, footsteps in magic, too. Mm-hmm. You've done magic shows. Yes, I did. So he ended up being a very accomplished magician, actually making uh, some serious money as a magician. And he performed with uh, one of the all-time greats, greats called the Amazing Mandrake. Have you heard of the Amazing Mandrake? Oh, yes. Uh, he also performed as a ventriloquist, and his dummy was given to him by Mandrake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Ted was also a musician. He could play the accordion and the bongo drums. And I don't think you know this, Gary, but uh, in his really younger days, Ted was both a fire eater and an acrobat. I had no idea. No, as much as closely as we worked with Ted for all those years, we never really knew that he was actually a sideshow fire eater and an acrobat. Well, I knew he was a fitness guru because he, he he would do I don't know how many push ups a night mm-hmm. and sit ups and everything. He he really did keep himself fit his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Even when we knew him, he he was he was uh, well put together. Yes, he was. Now, before he left that carnival circuit, he worked as a barker for CeeLo, the Seal Boy. Have you ever heard of him? I have not heard of CeeLo, the Seal Boy. Okay. I have to look that up. He uh, bonded with CeeLo, and and, uh, and CeeLo bonded with him, loved Ted's company. Uh, he's been making movies, or, or you know, uh, in his lifetime. Uh, the career spanned over 60 years, far over 50, far over half a century on into the 60s of years. And he never had any plans to retire. And as you've already mentioned, he never retired. He worked right to the very last moment. And he always said, I may slow down, however, at age 104. And he always chuckled when he said that. But, you know, uh, he didn't make it to 104, unfortunately. He didn't make it to 100. But he got into his upper 80s before he uh, finally uh, bid us all farewell. And what he used to say about his films I absolutely love because there was nothing stuffy, nothing pretentious about Ted at all. And and so he knew what his movies were. He said they were bologna sandwiches with no cheese, a little bit of mustard, and a lot of heart and soul. Uh-huh. Yes. Heart and soul. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. And so uh, I asked him one time what he felt uh, his standard for success was a movie uh what it would be and he never once mentioned the amount of money it would return he said was it entertaining yeah i think that's a good that one. was his that was his criteria for a successful movie was it entertaining yeah yeah i agree now the other interesting thing about ted and i'm sure it's in those papers that you have there um his first film that he did uh that had some success was strike me deadly Yes. Uh, before he did his own, though, uh, he had some interesting, uh, uh, interesting experiences in some major studio releases. Oh, such as what? Uh, well, he was he worked with Kirk Douglas, an Indian fighter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, wasn't and he the archer who yes, shot the arrows yes, at him? Yes, yes, yes. And he told us. Uh, we sat down with him one evening in his uh, home there in Las Vegas, and he told us about how he was shooting most of the flaming arrows in that picture. So if yeah. anybody pulls up that classic Indian fighter with Kirk Douglas, when those Indians are shooting the flaming arrows, mm-hmm. that's Ted shooting the yeah. flaming arrows. And he also came up with the, uh, the, the pitch that was put on those flaming arrows because uh, what the studio prop department kept trying to do just didn't work. Every time they'd shoot the arrows, the flame would go out. 
And Ted had concocted uh, some kind of formula to put on the end of his arrows that when they were launched, they would still stay lit. Yeah. Yeah. He said, uh, I shot the flaming arrows that just missed Kirk Douglas and hit the flagpole setting the wagons on fire. Now, uh, Andre de Toth, who's a pretty good director from back then, uh, in one of his scenes, he had Ted shooting flaming arrows at the fort from a galloping horse. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and, and since Ted was left-handed, he naturally maneuvered his horse around to the left to shoot, right? Right. Okay. So this is, this is in Ted's words uh, because I, re- I recorded these words. Uh, I spun right into them, went flying, hit the ground with running horse hooves all around me, and the shot is still visible in the movie. Oh, wow. But a lot of uh, Ted's fans aren't aware, as you mentioned, that he was really an accomplished archer. Yeah, he was. He was uh, very talented with bow and arrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, he was just—he was just terrific, absolutely terrific. And he was. Zombies were also on Ted Michael's mind. Um, that first uh, Astro Zombies movie, I think, was back in uh, 1960, wasn't it, Gary? Uh, I believe it was. Uh, and Ted, uh, again, told us, I'd never heard of such a being, but I gave my new superhuman beings the name that has become synonymous with mine. I know of no zombie movies filmed in color before that. Mine were to be superhuman, sent into early space exploration. And <laughs> Wayne Rogers, my co-producer, talked me into making it campy. <laughs> I don't know how much he had to talk Ted into making it campy. Ted loved I, campy I stuff. He, did. he loved campy stuff. That was 1968 for Astro Zombies. Uh, yes. Uh, and um, it was lack of, he started it in 60 though. Lack of financing delayed the project for nine years. Yeah. Once again, there's those money problems. Now, had he been able to bring it out when he started it around 1960, he would have uh, beat George Romero. And bringing zombies to the screen. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he would have beat uh, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Uh, that, if you, you remember that movie where seven people attempt to survive the night in a rural Pennsylvania farmhouse? Oh, I, I've seen it too many times. Legions to, uh, of the unread, undead drop by in yeah. their respects. Too many times <laughs> to count I have watched that movie. Yeah. And I would say that George Romero is definitely the godfather of, of the modern day zombie, but yeah, Ted but Michaels if is Ted definitely had brought the his Astro Zombies out first, yes. it could have been a whole nother uh, wrinkle to Hollywood histories. So anyways, uh, by 69, the Astro Zombies, uh, Gary, they were appearing on movie theater and drive-in screens. And uh, it's a 91-minute film, and uh, it's intermixed in a wacky way with foreign spies and CIA agents, beautiful women, a mad scientist all in full color. So I think he may have created the first zombie movie in color. I, you know what? That would be interesting to, to, to look up. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? He had a $37,000 budget, uh, which in uh, Hollywood was <laughs> poverty row plus, mm-hmm. but he took $3,000 out of that budget to attract John Carradine for the starring role. Now, Carradine was quite a name in Hollywood many, many years. Right. He was star power for Ted's movie, and, and Ted said he was an absolute joy to have on the set. He said it was a real pleasure to work with John Carradine. Mm-hmm. In fact, he had worked uh, with Carradine on four movie projects, uh, and Carradine even asked him uh, when they were shooting Astro Zombies if uh, Ted had any parts for his son. 
as he wanted to help his son get into the movies. David Carradine. David Carradine, yeah. Uh, Ted didn't have a part for David, but he uh, did hire the aging screen legend uh, Wendell Corey as Carradine's co-star. So people going to watch Ted's Astro Zombies will also see, I think it was, it was Wendell Corey's last movie before he passed away. Yeah, that it is. Yeah. And, and Ted said of Wendell Corey, he was very professional working on the shoot. So um, he had nothing but good things to say about these two major stars who worked in his very first uh, feature movie as a producer director. Yes. And uh, so... Uh, Astra Zombies, of course, is the, I, I think, the number one zombie classic of all time because of it was really the first. Well, I wouldn't say it was the first. There's a lot of zombie movies before Ted's zombie movie, like White Zombie and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's but, right, back in the Yeah, in the 30s, 30s 40s, and yeah, even yeah. in the 50s, this there was were zombie This was definitely films. the first in color. This was, but uh, I think what separates this one from the rest of them is that this is more of like a Franken, I, I can say this, more of a Frankenstein-ish story because the Astro Zombies are created by a mad scientist uh, and it's just the one. Um, and it it's a corpse that's been reanimated and goes on a killing spree. Uh, so it's a little bit, I think, a little bit like Friday the 13th mm -hmm. meets Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And if you watch it, I mean, you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Um, but definitely uh, a fun movie to watch. Mm-hmm. And there's one other Hollywood celebrity we need to uh, mention connected with Ted's Astro Zombies, and that's an actor by the name of Peter Falk. Do you recognize that name? Oh, good old Columbo. Columbo, yeah. Uh, he became famous with Columbo, that rumpled detective. Um, and that's, you know, as you say, that's, that's his uh, signature contribution to the uh, film world. But uh, Ted uh, cast him in a, a small role. In fact... Ted filmed some of his major scenes in Peter's house. Yes. So if you watch Astro Zombies, you'll see uh, Peter Falk's home, the inside of Peter Falk's home, because that's where um, a number of critical scenes were, were filmed in Astro Zombies. And uh, Ted ended up cutting everything of Peter Falk's out of the movie. He couldn't use any of the footage. <laughs> he said he was too funny. Yeah. Uh, Falk was just had a natural sense of humor and, uh, and so he, Ted said his natural humor brought an element into the scene that was supposed to be very serious. So I, I couldn't use his footage. You'd laugh when you were supposed to be alarmed, and that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Ted said, so to be fair, it was not his fault. So, uh, you know, Ted, uh, very, very colorful person, very, very considerate, very honest, a man of integrity, somebody who, uh, you know, was willing to lend a helping hand to all wannabe filmmakers and actors. And now enter Gary Lester and your role in that part of Ted V. Michaels. Well, uh, let, let me add, uh, add a couple more things to his history that make him unique because he, aside from being uh, just an interesting filmmaker, he was very incredible. Um, Ted lived in a castle in Glendale, California. Yes, a castle. A castle. And, and I'm not just saying it was a big mansion i'm saying it was a legit castle uh and he how many women did he have living in that house i think he had about a dozen yeah and uh all of these women that were living there with him these i mean he was doing this before uh hugh hefner became the the person mm -hmm. who had a house full of women uh they were all filmmakers 
And uh, they came there for one reason, one reason only, and that was to learn how to make films. Yeah, make it in Hollywood. Make it in Hollywood. And so Ted, um, with only one intention in mind, was to make movies. And so he had this whole uh, cast and crew of women that uh, would help him make his films. And uh, he did The Doll Squad, um, which came out way before uh, Charlie's Angels. There's a whole story behind that that uh, you know would be for another time, but the Doll Squad was before uh, that and um, was pretty much the the same story back in the '60s. Um, and there was a story that he said uh, Deborah Hill, um, who that that name may not be very familiar to a whole lot of people, but this may be. Uh, Deborah Hill was the producer and writer for Halloween. Uh, she worked with John Carpenter on a large number of his films before she passed away. And when she was a young filmmaker, uh, she had asked to work for Ted Michaels. Mm -hmm. So who knows what kind of things she might have come up with had she had uh, started up a professional career with Ted instead of John Carpenter uh, and what that may have done for Ted's career. Uh, so he has that connection. Um, also, Tora Satana, who is one of the main characters in Astro Zombies, um, she was a big actress with Russ Myers, who was a big cult director back in the 60s and 70s. Um, and Ted discovered her as a go-go dancer in a uh, club in Vegas. And uh, he remembered that one of the uh, gentlemen at the club had gotten a little bit too uh, rowdy for her liking, and she took a lead ashtray and gave him a good knock aside the head and put him in his place, and he said... That woman is a strong woman. She'd be perfect in my movie. And so he approached her and said, hey, you ever thought about acting? And so she got parts in, in Ted's movies, and really uh, it did a lot for her career. Uh, so he has those claims to fame. Um, so that's, that's something interesting about Ted. Now, Ted moved to Las Vegas from Glendale, um, moving from his castle, because uh, he had plans to build uh, twin pyramids, this was before the Luxor even popped up and had talked to somebody about doing this. And he had an investor who unfortunately pulled out uh, from the deal and Ted found himself in a, a beautiful ranch style uh, house in, in Vegas um, trying to start anew. And uh, from there, he was able to use his talents and his charisma to pull together a whole new team of talented uh, creators and filmmakers to continue his work. Uh when I came across Ted, he was still making movies with his same old good buddies. And uh, the first thing that we worked on with Ted was Astro Zombies M3. And I remember he asked if we could do some stuff here in Florida and said, sure, love Se to. Second unit, what's second called unit. second unit filming. Yeah. Film some scenes in Florida. Right. So I pulled together uh, my group of friends that uh, are always willing to help out. Um just to have fun making a movie. And so uh, I told Ted I was really into special effects. I am. I love doing special effects and costumes and makeup and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, we had a fake barbecue scene set up. And uh, we did a whole bunch of decapitations and knives being thrown into people and all sorts of good stuff. And it was fun because uh, good special effects are like magic tricks. If you don't know how they are done then when you watch the movie, it's just a, wow, that's cool. I wish I knew how they did it. And so we had a lot of fun. I 
I uh, made a few uh, fake heads of my wife, uh, who was my, uh, we were just dating at the time when we did Astro Zombies. And uh, so um, got to have her get her head decapitated. And um, I, she wasn't too happy at the end of the day when she came home covered in fake blood and she was super sticky, uh, which tends to happen when you're using corn syrup. Uh, and then um, after that, uh, Ted said, wow, those effects look great. <laughs> he loved them. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. He goes, you know, one thing we're really struggling with is that uh, the Astro Zombies are supposed to get hit with these darts and explode. Uh, but we're, we're, we're trying to come up with a way to make that happen. I said, oh, well, I could do that. I said, I, I know how to do spe uh, special effects on After Effects, Adobe After Effects. I could help you out with that. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So he sends me all this stuff, and, and so I start putting together these scenes where the darts... Um, stick to the Astro Zombies, and then they blow up. And bits and chunks of them go all over the place. And so then I did a whole bunch of those, and then he said, wow, that looks great. Could you do it with cars blowing up too? Sure, why not? So then put together shots and used After Effects to make these really, you know, cool explosions. And I was just learning how to do it, so I was by no means a professional at it. But it came out looking really cool. It did. And Ted loved it. He thought it was fun. Mm -hmm. So from that point, he said, uh, we're going to do a part two. And he goes, we're, we're thinking about doing invaders from cyberspace. And so he was thinking of some ideas for how to do that. And so we talked about it. And we thought, oh, why don't we put together a little scene for Ted and see what he thinks about it? Because he was trying to come up with a way for the Astro Zombies to come out of the computer. So we set up a scene, shot it where uh, you came out of the computer as an Astro Zombie and I blew a hole through your chest with a shotgun. And then you used your laser visions to turn me into a pile of bones. Mm -hmm. And we sent that off to Ted. And he goes, wow, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Can you do more of that? <laughs> and I said, sure, why not? Uh, between the two movies, it was, oh, wow. I, I, I was in college, graduated from college, and uh, had gotten married <laughs> in that span of time. It was, uh, it was a few years um of, of working with ted and it the first professional camera i got um i had already thrown in the trash by the time we had gotten into the second film because it was that that long a period of time working with him yeah so but it was it was always fun and we also went up to vegas to shoot uh scenes for astro zombies m4 yep and that was fun and before that we had gone up to vegas to do um effects for Astro Zombies M3 mm -hmm. at Ted's house. Yeah. And I had st stayed up there helping him edit. And we didn't really do, it was not to go visit old neighborhoods or see anything new or anything like that. It was just to go up there to help him do his editing. And so that's what we did. And uh, the second one was we went up there and we went to film. And that's its own story too because we got to do all sorts of crazy stuff while we were up there. Right. Um, Ted, uh, Ted uh, you know, uh, loved to edit, but uh, all of the brand spanking new computerized editing programs left him scratching his head a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot different than working on an editing bay. He needed somebody young like you paste, that yeah. was up on all of the technological stuff. Yep. And we still have a wonderful picture of you by his side, you know, sitting at the uh, in the editing suite uh, editing together. And, uh, yeah. And I know that when we were editing long distance, uh, you spent uh, one to two hours a night on the phone with him. Let's say night. it was longer than every one night. to two hours. I would say it was hours, yeah, plural. Yeah, yeah. Um, every so, night. 
every, just about every night mm-hmm. and uh, helping him get through that. And, right. and he right. even let me direct a couple of the scenes because he was getting exhausted. And at that point, that uh, was when we was, were in Las Vegas. His health was starting to go downhill yeah. and he was yeah. feeling exhausted. And he said, he trusted me enough that he said, do you think you could do this? Could you direct a few scenes for me and yeah. just so we can get through it? Because I'm feeling really tired. And yeah. I said, yeah, I'd love to. So he was he was very generous in that way, and it's funny because uh, after both movies, we would go to the Spooky um, Spooky Empire uh, convention in Orlando, which is a, a horror movie convention, which is a lot of fun. I, a lot of people think, oh, horror movie convention? Why why would you go to that? Well, it's fun. There's a lot of things there besides just horror movies, but um, a lot of celebrities go there. A lot of celebrities go there. And so before it opens, a lot of people will come through and look at the booths and talk to you. And they'll do their stuff uh, where they can buy so that they're not um, being constantly assaulted by people who are their fans. And so uh, quite a few magician, magicians, musicians came through. And uh, every once in a while I get uh, a little chuckle. And so I, I would talk to them and even Joe Bob Briggs, who uh, used to do the the drive-in uh late night drive-in movies on TNT back in the day came by our table and he knew who Ted was and he wanted to talk about Ted. Um, but some of the mu- uh, musicians that came by um, that had covered uh, or made songs based off of Ted's movies uh, had interesting stories to share that they're like, Oh, do you mind if we uh, use the, the name of your movie for our song? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, would you mind promoting? And then they go, oh, sure, sure, sure. Just saying yes to, you know, because he had given them permission. So he would end up sending them all of these movies and DVDs for them to sell at their concerts. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them just kept them in their garage. Yeah. And one of the groups that uh, some people may recognize, um, the Misfits, who is still uh, a part of pop culture and, and stuff like that. But they did their own uh, song based on Ted's movie, Astro Zombie, and you can still find that song on YouTube, Spotify, wherever. I mean, if you have a Misfits album, it's probably on there. Um, and even some of their cover artwork has the mask from Ted's movie on the cover of their album. And so, I mean, to say that Ted has affected a great many people would be an understatement because his. Uh, He's a part of pop culture in his own way. Even though he may not be a huge part of pop culture, he is a part of pop culture. I think he is a huge part. And, uh, you know, uh, we worked on Astro Zombies M3 and Astro Zombies M4 with Ted. And in both of those movies, there was a fellow, uh, an actor by the name of Russ. Uh, what was his last name? Was it Russ Myers? No, no, no. Russ. Uh, anyhow, um, he... Uh, it turned rusty. His name rusty. Was rusty. Rusty. Yeah. What was his last name? I'll look at it. I up. think it's Myers. Rusty Myers. Anyways, uh, Rusty Myers uh, worked in uh, the movie Silverado with me in 1985, mm-hmm. and so he was involved in both of the Astro Zombies movies that we we did with Ted, and another person who we met and who you got to direct a little bit and work with was uh, Beverly Washburn, who was the star of Old Yeller. Oh yes, Beverly Washburn. Yeah, and in television, she was in. She was a, a super child star back in the day, and just about on every classic TV show, Dragnet, uh, 
And uh, she was even uh, on the uh, Starship Enterprise on Star Trek as one of the Yeah, officers. the original uh, Star Trek from the yeah, 60s. Yeah, so um, it was uh, absolutely delightful to be able to work with uh, Beverly Washburn, who we keep in t- uh, touch uh, with to this very day. That's so, true. That's very, very true. One of our great friends. So Ted is always going to be in our hearts and in our minds because he was one of these people who definitely made this small planet of ours a much better place for all of us. Oh, I would agree. I would definitely agree. He was uh, an American treasure. And, and you know what? It's funny. Um, another little side fact. Uh, he was so proud that uh, Corpse Grinders brought in more money uh, than Tora Tora Tora, which came out the same time at the same time yeah, in the Los Angeles profit. market. His uh, Corpse Grinders film beat out Tora, Tora, Tora from one of the major studios, if you can believe that. And speaking of the Corpse Grinders, um, our last um, involvement uh, movie-wise with Ted was uh, with Corpse Grinders 3, which was filmed by a Spanish production company. That's right. That is correct. Uh, and, and see, and that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That was a blast. We did the second unit uh, production part of that. Uh, the only scenes that were shot in the United States, the rest was shot in in and around Barcelona, Spain. Uh, the movie was in English, however. Yeah. And um, you uh, cast uh, Johnny Martino, uh, one of the stars of The Godfather, yep, in yep. the scenes here in the United States. So that was a lot of fun. It was, it was. And so, folks, if you want to find out more about Ted V. Michaels, uh, go to IMDb, Internet Movie Database, IMDb, and uh, put in Ted V. Michaels or one of the, one of the uh, films we've mentioned, and just look at all of his work. And some of it isn't even there because he made a fortune filming some of the classic TV commercials in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was really talented. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, in his early years was a, a very good cinematographer. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that is it for uh, this episode. And uh, I'm Richard, fondly remembering Ted V. Michaels. And I'm Gary, and this was another incredible story.